Welcome to our Hakel podcast number 28 in the series Classic Take, where we will take a classic topic about Mashiach and discover it a little further. This year is dedicated Lili Nishmas, Yeshua Yisrael Mechol Ben Zev Will we suffer post-trauma stress disorder when Mashiach comes? Will we still, even after Mashiach comes, think back about the suffering that we had previously in the days of exile? And will it disturb us and um, inhibit us from fully experiencing the bliss of the redemption? So this is a very good question. And uh, we'll start off with first discussing a few basic facts and then get a little deeper into the subject. Part of the promises of the future redemption is obviously exile is one of the most traumatic experiences that the Jewish people had historically. And when the verses speak about the future redemption, there is discussion about the Jewish people, how they're going to reflect back on the days of exile. And there are different verses and there's really different explanations and different points. Each one should be addressed individually. First of all, one thing I would like to start off with at the end of the song of Hazinu, you know that within the Torah there are a few promises about a few, a few explicit promises regarding the future redemption. Most famously is in Pashas Nitzavim, where it says that Hashem will return to captivity, and in Pashas Balak, the prophecy of Bilam. There are a few other verses that are interpreted by many commentaries to be uh, almost explicit promises about the redemption. And one of them is the Shira Sazinu, the portion of Azinu, which is called the Song of Azinu, which speaks about past, present, and future of the Jewish people's history. And it mentions there at the end how the Ebishter Haninu Goyimami, the Ebishter will take revenge from the nations of the world for all the for all the terrible things that they have done to the Jewish people throughout exile. And the last verse says, Haninu The nations will praise, the non-Jewish nations will praise. The, the Jewish people for the fact that they stuck to Hashem throughout exile, and they will see how Hashem will take revenge for all the terrible things that they have done to the Jewish people. And the last words of the, not that the last words of the portion of Azin, the last words of the actual song, is which Rashi interprets to mean that the Abishter will appease the land of Israel and the Jewish people for the tzaddis, for the various suffering which they suffered and which the uh, the enemies of the Jewish people did to them. So I guess there's multiple levels or layers to this appeasement, but in the most simple level, the Abisha will sort to say, appease the Jewish people that once, you know, to that, that even despite all the suffering, to make them realize that he still loves them, etc., etc. There is also the, um, there's, there's, so, so in other words, from, from that prophecy, and there's many other prophecies in that vein which speak about how the nations of the world will be punished and they will have to pay back to the Jewish people everything that, all the money that they took from them, etc., etc. It speaks about the appeasement that Abishter will show the Jewish people by taking revenge, by persecuting all those that have hurt them in the past in exile. 
and the Debesh himself will, so to say, make, make amends or appease the Jewish people. That's one prophecy regarding the future redemption. There's another very important prophecy in the, the book of Yahu in Perak Samachay, in chapter 65, at the end. So this is one of the um, verses that are very, you know, I would say some of the, some of the passages here are quite well known, how it speaks how uh, the Jewish people will have a lot of bliss in the future, and it says, Pasuk Tezayin, it says, that the previous Sodas, the previous suffering, have been forgotten and they have been concealed from my eyes. And then the next verse, Pasuk Yudzayin, it says, Hashem says, Behold, I am creating a new heaven, a new earth, which means in a very simple level that the world will, be, will exist in a completely new way, that there won't be any more suffering in the world. The previous things that happened, all the suffering of exile and of previous generations will not be remembered, they will be forgotten, they will not enter one's heart. And it continues that there will be rejoice, eternal joy, and uh, there, will never, there won't be any more a sound of crying, uh, somebody crying out from pain. Everyone will have extremely long life and a lot of success and so on and so forth. So basically, the verses are explicitly saying that because of the bliss, the great blessing of the future, it says all the previous suffering will be forgotten to the extent that we're considering it like it's a creation of a new world. Whatever happened previously, so to say, will be completely erased from our memory. So which means that in, additional, in addition to the fact that, I mean, that there's a few points that the prophet is saying here, first of all, he's saying that there won't be any more suffering in the world, meaning there won't be anything that will cause suffering. There won't be, there won't be any death, as other, you know, or there be extremely long life. And um, health, people will always be healthy and people will always have success. So we won't re-experience any of the suffering which we had previously in exile. But furthermore, what he's also implying is that not only there won't be any suffering from when Mashiach comes for the future, but also retroactively, we won't all the suffering which we had in exile will not, will not will, will, won't, won't be something that will come back to our memory to haunt us because they will be forgotten. So, and there's other verses, number of other verses explaining how there won't be any more, not only won't be any suffering, there won't will, will be such there'll be eternal joy. We have the pasuk in Shayol that the Fatuya Yashem Yeshu and Vod Sirim Brina, those that will be redeemed by Yashem will return. Teres Yisrael, they will come with a joy. Simchas Eilam Al Roshem, they'll have eternal joy. In other words, that they will be in a state of eternal bliss, that there won't be any effect, any memory, any uh, anything left from the previous suffering that they had, which will in any way, shape, or form minimize or inhibit the experience of a bliss that they will have when Mashiach will come. We have the famous verse that Bilam of death will be swallowed up forever. Hashem will wipe away tears from all our faces, from every face. There won't be any more tears, there won't be any more sorrow. Everything will be good. Now, the question is obviously, how exactly would that take place? What is the meaning? So we understand there won't be any more suffering. We understand that the Abish will, so to say, make amends, will appease us, whatever exactly that means. 
for all these suffering which we had. But what exactly does it mean that we won't remember anything anymore from the past? That all the you know the exile is you know the Maral writes that the Maral Meprag writes in the Sefer Netzach Yisrael that you know it's impossible to describe all the suffering the Jewish people had. It defies description. So all these this terrible suffering which we had for two thousand years of exile and even before that, you know, the Jewish people suffering started way before this current exile that we were we are in right now. All of that suffering will just somehow be erased or be totally forgotten from our memory. How exactly would that take place? So on a very simple level, the meaning is that there will be such bliss, that there will be such a extraordinary, extraordinary level of 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 blessing and and things that good things beyond our wildest imagination that the great bliss of the future will be so great that it will be able to completely erase and eradicate any memory, any feeling of trauma, of, of, of sorrow that we might have had from, from previous experiences. And let's just dig in, let's just try to understand this very, in some, some basic terms. Let's say, you know, people have, you know, one, one of the big things that you know, people, you know, that one of the suffering that people have because of the way things are today is that there's loved ones that passed away. When Mashiach comes and there'll be Tchiyas HaMais and resurrection of the dead, all the loved ones will come back. So you won't have that loss, you know, there won't be that loss, feeling of loss anymore. They're going to be there. And, you know, other people, they might have had this thing that this type of suffering, that type of suffering, all the suffering that we had, that all the causes of the suffering that we had in the past will vanish and we will get back the things that we lost and therefore not only that but the life will be on such an extraordinary level of of good and and bliss and peace and 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 you know an experience of life that we never ever had before that uh, in such a blissful way that it will completely overshadow and it won't even leave room for any memories of the past to resurface and to haunt us so, which in essence, the way of understanding this would really be that despite all the suffering that we had, the time of Ula, the redemption, is shaloi bedach, is incomparable. The way the Maral, going back to the Maral that I said before in Sefer Netzach Yisrael, the way he says it, is that exile and redemption are like mirrors. Each one is, it's an, you know, each one reflects the other. In order to understand how extraordinary Gula will be, the redemption will be, we can't understand it until Mashiach comes, but we do know how terrible exile is. And we know that the purpose of exile is to lead to redemption. The redemption will take us out of exile. So by understanding how, by, by knowing how terrible exile is, we, we could imagine, and it's beyond our imagination, you know, if somebody would try to put the history of what all the Jewish people suffered throughout history and every, in every place, and in the Inquisition and the Holocaust and by, by the Romans and so on and so forth, I'll be here raising stories, and and it won't. It will be impossible even to to, to record all of them because of how terrible and how many they are. So this gives us a insight into how great the redemption will be. It will be it, it's the redemption is 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 the other side of exile. If exile was so terrible, the redemption will be so great and such a blissful time that we can't even imagine it now whatsoever. It's something that's beyond our imagination. And when that happens, when the redemption will take place, so that will be so great, so blissful. These are my own words, not the Maral's words, but I guess the, this is part of the understanding. It will be so great and so blissful that it will be able to eradicate any, any memory of suffering. 
And the truth is, there's a famous letter of the Rebbe, which people are well aware of, in which the Rebbe writes to the Israeli president at that time, um, Yitzchok ben Svi. The Rebbe writes that from the day that I went to Cheder, and even before, so in the Rebbe's mind, he started imagining the image of the future redemption, how the Jewish people will have experienced that the Jewish people will re be redeemed in such a manner that will be able to explain and I guess, I don't want to insert words in what the Rebbe is saying, but so to say justify, be able to be understood the terrible suffering of exile. And as a, and the Rebbe brings the, uh, the, the, the verse, which we'll discuss a little bit later, how we will even thank the Ebishter for the suffering of exile. But at any rate, but, but, which is a, really another point that I'll mention a little bit later. But in other words, what the Rebbe is saying is that, you know, the, 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 as is understood from various sources, the bliss, the extraordinary good that we will experience in the future redemption will be so great that there won't be any memory left from the previous suffering. And not only that, but in a certain sense, we'll be able to retroactively even understand that, you know, all the suffering was really for our own benefit. Now, so just to recap, the this point, this explanation is highlighting the fact that when Mashiach comes, we will not remember anything of the, few, of, 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 of the previous suffering. I mean, in other words, it's going to be something which will be completely forgotten, erased, eradicated from our memory. Obviously, we won't be suffering any post-trauma stress disorder because of it, because it, won't, it just won't be, there won't resurface. Now, the, the truth is just to be fully accurate, there are some sources which seem to imply that this will not happen maybe the first day that Mashiach comes. Maybe the first generation, in other words, the first few years when Mashiach comes and the world is, according to some opinions at least, will still, um, will still be in a natural mode. So maybe then it won't, you, know, you, you won't have yet the fulfillment of this prophecy that we'll be com we will completely forget the past suffering. But definitely in the second stage of the redemption, when the world changes in a supernatural way for the good, how there's absolutely nothing, the, the world becomes completely transformed, that there's no evil in the world, there's no horrors in the world, there's absolutely nothing in the world that, uh, that, that is reminiscent of anything bad or evil, then this verse will be fulfilled in its most strongest way, that there won't be any memory of the past suffering. But either way, the Rebbe always spoke about the coming redemption in terms of that immediately when it happens, we will right away experience, especially now that Mashiach has been delayed for so long, that when Mashiach comes, we will immediately experience this blissful period. We don't have to wait you know, any longer for, to, for half the second period of Mashiach will happen right away. Now, there is another pasuk, a very insightful pasuk, which describes how we will look back at the suffering of exile. The Pasuk says, Shira Malis, it's, it's, it's in Tehillim, in Kapitel uh, Kufchav Zayin, a famous, famous psalm of Tehillim, which we say by benching in other places. It says, Shira Malis, B'Shuvah Hashem, Shiva Sina Yinu Kecholmim. says that when Mashiach, this is a song that David HaMelech was singing, how when the Ebishter will return the captivity of, of Tzion, the Jewish people, and we're away from Eretz Yisrael, we will be like dreamers. And uh, what does the mean will be like dreamers? I'm sorry, it's in the Kapitel Kuf Chavav 126, 
Pasuk says we'll be like dreamers. What does it mean we'll be like dreamers? So the commentary say the Mashiach comes, we will look back at exile and we will look at it as a dream, as a nightmare. You know, somebody had a terrible nightmare, he woke up. And so he realizes that it was just really imaginary, it was fake, you know, or sometimes he might not even remember it. But even if he does remember it, it doesn't really affect his day, his, 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 his day because he, he looks back at it. He says, this was just merely a dream. This is not, it's not real. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't bother him. So a number of commentaries, the Mitzudis David, the Radak, they explain that what this means is very similar to what I said before, that there will be such a great bliss, there will be such such great joy and good that we will experience at that time, that we will look back at the days of exile, it will be so overshadowed, all the suffering that we had in exile will be completely overshadowed and completely insignificant compared to the extraordinary bliss that we'll have in the future, that it will appear to us as merely as a dream, as a fleeting dream that we had. You know, there's another verse that uh, says, How the Prophet tells us in Yeshayon and Dalit Zion, chapter 54, verse 7, that left us, and left you for a small, short moment. This is a reference to exile. And with great mercy, I will gather you. Which sounds very hard to understand. I mean, we've been in exile for close to 2,000 years. What does it mean I've left you for a short moment? And it's explained in a number of sources that the meaning of this verse is that since the redemption, as the Pasuk finishes off, of that the gathering of the exiles will be done with such great mercy, so retroactively the bliss will be so great it will completely outweigh the suffering of exile that we will look back at exile that it was only like a short moment, like it was suffering, but only for very short, very brief. So, again, this is something which is impossible for us to understand in this day and age when the suffering of exile is very, very real. But we do know we're promised and we know that in the future we will be able to look back at exile and we'll be com- completely, we'll look, look back at it in a completely different uh, light. It will be completely overshadowed and completely marginalized compared to the great bliss of the future. Now, getting back to the verse in the Tillim that exile was like a dream. So, you know, again, this very simple way, like I said before, it's, it's not that, you know, it means, and obviously the suffering that we have today to us is very real, but in the future, we'll, we'll, be, able, we'll, we'll be able to look back at it and look at it as a dream. The Tzemach Tzedek has, he has a sefer on the Tillam, it's called Yoheloir, and he discusses this verse and he says a few very interesting points which are, you know, give, take it much deeper. Tzemach Tzedek explains that when a person is asleep and he has a dream, a terrible dream, why does why when he wakes up doesn't it affect his day? So he explains the reason is because when he was asleep, all that the only part of his soul that was fun- functioning, as as Kabbalah Chassidus uses the term, is a kiss to the chayus, a very small part of the soul. Most of the functions of the soul go away when a person is asleep, his, you know, his, his, his mind, his feelings are not, not really functioning properly. All that's functioning is his imaginary powers. I mean, he does feel, obviously, some form of pain, pain and other things in his, in his dreams, but most of his, uh, his, his feelings that he experiences while he's awake and cognitively able to think about things are not the, that, that part of the soul is, so to say, it, it, it's not revealed in the body while he's sleeping. 
So that so the Tzamach Tzedek explains the same thing is the part of the soul that we experience now in exile is only, you know, we say the famous verse says that in exile we're asleep. There's only a minimal part of our neshama that we're really able to, to experience. And therefore, compared to when Mashiach comes, he says, then will be revealed as the essence of the soul. So just like when a person was asleep, because the whatever he was experiencing, whatever pain, whatever he was experiencing as a result of this nightmare that he had was only affecting a very minimal part of his life force, of his, of his soul. When he wakes up, there's, you know, his experience of life is, is much more real now because you know, all, his, all, his, all the powers of his soul, his, his mind, his heart, his thinking, emotional faculties are now back to life. So compared to, to those faculties of the soul, that part of the soul that was still functioning during that part of the person that was still functioning during the sleep that was experiencing this pain from the nightmare is insignificant. So similarly, when Mashiach comes, we will focus on our level of life, our, the part of our soul that will be revealed in our bodies will be the essence of the soul. Compared to the essence of the soul, the suffering that the part of the soul that was functional during the time of exile, which is not just the Ha'ad, as Chassidah says, it's just very small part of the soul, a minimal part of the soul that's that's awake and functioning. That that's that's I'm sorry, that's functioning during exile is is insignificant compared to the real essence of the of the person's neshama. So, in the essence of the person's neshama, so to say, gets revealed, wakes up, so to say. So then, retroactively, we we look back. We will that that experience will be completely insignificant because, you know, we will we were we were functioning on a very different level then, on a very on a level of like sleep. This is how he, what he says. And obviously this is something which requires more explanation, but I'm just basically saying the point. But the next point is, I think, a, a, a more important point that he highlights. He, the Tzemach Sadiq is not happy with this point. He, sa- he asks a further question. He says, in the dream, okay, it's true that when a person was asleep, it was only a minimal part of his soul that was functioning. But nevertheless, he says, there's another point that makes the suffering insignificant, the suffering of a nightmare insignificant, because it was just a dream, it was just imaginary. However, I, what he's implying is that exile is a very real thing. Yes, it's true that the function of the soul that we have now is minimal and, and compared to the experience of life we will have then will be completely insignificant. But how could it completely evaporate? How could the suffering that we have in exile completely evaporate? So he says that he answers, he says it's the same thing. He says, in truth, the suffering that we have today is also only imaginary. That's a very powerful point. But he explains it based on the concept that's often discussed in Chassidus, that in truth, everything is good. And the suffering of exile is such a great good that it's in, that the way it comes on in this world, it appears to us as bad. I mean, this appearance is obviously very real. No one, not trying to undermine the suffering of exile. But when Mashiach will come, when we will be able to see what it was really all about, then we will see that it was really good and the suffering that we had was only imaginary. But this requires a topic of its own. Mr. Shem will leave that for the next episode. Shem should help. We should have merit the coming of Mashiach. Take it from Yad Mamish right now. Amen. Classic Take is produced by Tudal's Podcast Productions, producers of The Daily Boost, The Weekly Fabrengen, Power Fabrengen, and Mashiach Mindset Audio. Available on all podcast platforms.